This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. With host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of the team drops the ball, Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his... I don't even have a joke, Dave! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fans. We'll have another drunk history coming up at the beginning of September. It'll be with Kevin Held. He's not on this podcast hardly anymore. He's MIA again. He'll be he'll be around. He'll be around. But he's going to be in the Drunk History episode in September. So you have that to look forward to. And oh, by the way, all like the five of you in the fantasy football leagues that haven't paid, everybody else has paid. If you haven't paid, DM me. Pay me. We can get up. We're going to have the drafts uh, Labor Day weekend. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, or so, don't or don't pay and get burned at the stake. Yes, yes, that's the option. Don't you don't want to you don't want to be a uh, uh, what do they call a person that uh, a, a person that doesn't pay? I don't I don't like the game. Uh, Welsh, don't, 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 don't Welsh. Deadbeat? No, no, not Lynch. Too. They get Welsh. Don't Welsh. You owe us money. We want to play. It's fun. We have a good time. You auction draft. I'll bid like eighty dollars for Kamara. It'll be fun. So. <laughs> Uh, well, si- before we start, Dave, can you give us a quick, quick recap of your uh, time as uh, a, a, a juror? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never got uh, – I never even got called up into a courtroom to even go through questioning. Oh, and, and I got out pretty much. I mean I did five days and – and I mean, I, and I was usually out of there by lunchtime. It, it was, uh, I, I lucked out big time. It was a piece of cake. Nice. All right, Dave, yeah. uh, you need to take your victory lap because you've been on this podcast for like three years <laughs> wanting scalps in the Saints training department, the doctors, the whole nine yards. So, so take your victory lap, man. They fired two of the doctors. Like, is it, a, is it enough to quench your, yeah, quench I, I your actually, thirst for blood? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. The, the thing is, is that I don't, I don't know if Dave is if pissed these they were particular allowed to leave orthopedists with their heads. <laughs> um, are really the main issue. I, I think the main issue is more, you know, maybe Scotty Patton, Kevin Mangum, or whatever. Um, but. Um, yeah, I mean it. It it, there, it does feel good to be vindic- right. vindicated. It feels good. To yeah, be vindicated. Right. It feels good to be right. I, I mean, for for years, I, I have been saying, you and, and I, you guys have agreed with me. I mean, it's not like it's not like I've been 
the crazy one. Yeah, but you uh, were you were the you were the most you're the most animated when we I talk would, about I, the well, trainers would, and whatnot. You were the most I animated. Would, I'll give you that. I would mention it. Yes, I would. I would mention it at at at, at any time where it made sense <laughs> to to bring it up. Every um, week. That's every week with the Saints. But I will. I I will say this. I actually. Um, I have a friend. I know somebody who works. Um, at Saints games and and is in the field and all that and and knows these guys, um, and he kind of felt like they were kind of scapegoated. Um, you know, he he felt uh, he he may have actually looked at the actual X-ray, um, and he felt like nobody would have seen this fracture, um, and that it was kind of like kind of BS that they scapegoated these doctors. So. You know, yeah, in a but way, I wonder I really how much of it is, is one well, incident I mean, it'll, it'll, versus it'll a cumulative a, effect. It'll solve a little bit, but um, but at, at least it's nice that it's brought to light, and that a lot of the mainstream media guys, you know, were saying, "Oh, I've, we've." A couple of people said, "Yeah, we've been hearing this for a while," and a lot of the players came out and said, "You know, this is, you know, this is this is stuff. This is what they did to me. This is they screwed me over like this." There's a too. lot of people, um, man. Well, it was, it was it's quite yeah. A, so it's, it's quite good that it's, this is coming to light. That, that's what's important too. Yeah, I will. We'll get to the game. One thing after this, but Andrew and I give full credit to uh, Reed Gilbert, guest on this podcast, Drunk History, uh, wrote the book on Bounty Gate. He had a great blog post on Sunday, and he made a great point in that Delvin Bro, the dude who nearly died on the football field, was like telling the Saints, "I don't feel right. I'm not going to practice. I don't feel right." And the Saints. First inclination was not to believe him, to not say, go get a second opinion. The Saints' first inclination was to trade him. What is that? What message does that send to the team? Well, no, their first inclination was to trust their doctors, right? Yeah. And I can't really blame them for that. You know, I think when your doctor is telling you, the guy's fine, I looked at the x ray, nothing is wrong. And the player's telling you, I can't really walk. And the doctor's saying it's <laughs> a bone really contusion, which is basically a bruise. He's saying he can't walk on a bruise. My first inclination is to be is to say, stop being a pussy. Get on the field. You know, yeah. <laughs> excuse my language. But, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me from that. I mean, it's embarrassing for Sean Payton. Certainly when you go out and say, hey, basically you go out and publicly say, hey, we're thinking about trading the guy. I mean, Payton didn't say that but his no comment was enough to basically say it yeah. and then you know you basically say stuff in the media that kind of dances around the fact that yeah we availability is the biggest thing like we need our guys practicing which basically is saying yeah he's not practicing he needs to be out there and then he has a broken leg i mean sean payton's kind of his tail between his legs it definitely made him look bad so but but like i said i don't i don't think this is a I mean, maybe they were scapegoated in this instance, but I just don't think if this was a one-time issue, a first-time problem, I, I don't think the reaction would have been as drastic. I really think this is a cum cumulative thing where there was just a number of times where there were questionable injuries, questions about the way they were handled. I mean, this goes all the way back to Jeremy Shockey yep. and Keenan Lewis. Brian and, Young, uh, even, if you want to move really yeah. far back. So we, we can go up up and down the list of injuries that were mishandled, and to me, this was just another example in a litany of issues. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think it's bad for Peyton, but I can't really blame him for if his doctors are telling him it's a contusion. I mean, that, yeah. you ha- what else do you have to go on? I just wonder, you know, I just wonder if they had to do something. Be- they had to they had to fire doctors because the players would have been in a, in a in a revolt, you know, saying like you got this diagnosis completely wrong. And you, you kept the doctor's head. But the most important thing for this whole uh, doctor fiasco is the fact that I tweeted out a picture of the Simpsons doctor and it got 100 retweets. That's what really matters in this whole thing. <laughs> but on to... Pretty po- critical news, yeah. On to positive news. The Saints kick the shit out of the charges. I don't care what that score... <laughs> I don't, Dave, I don't care that the score was 13-7, to 7, dude. The Saints had eight sacks. And they pistol whipped the Chargers. Uh, yeah, to, to steal a joke that I think Ralph has used before, watching the Saints get eight sacks in that game, I mean, it, it should it should be made into copies and sold in porn stores as Saints, Saints, Saints erotica. Saints, Saints fan erotica. The first quarter was when they had four sacks. It was, it, was, it was definitely erotic. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I told the wife, I was like, leave the room and dim the lights. Uh <laughs> but but Dave, like you know, like when you were watching this, did you feel like it was like you're like, oh yeah, this is? Re-. Did you feel like it was real? Like what was your initial thoughts on it as it was going on and right after? I had I had two thoughts in in in, in timeline order. They were holy shit! Like I can't believe this. You know, um, uh, this is like the the greatest defensive performance we've ever seen preseason or regular season <laughs> under Sean Payton ever. I mean, like literally ever, like, like these guys, this is, it's, it's, it was bizarre to be watching the saints and to, it was it just, and to see them making some of these plays. And, you know, it was like, I, I tweeted out a joke when Damian Swan got that penalty for hitting the receiver too early. I was like, I'll take it because that's the first time a cornerback has ever gotten to a receiver early. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, true. At least, at least they're there. They're in the area. Um, but uh, but then I was like, then I started thinking. I said, wait a minute. Like I don't know anything about the Los Angeles Chargers, and I'm I'm wondering this offense. They they must be really 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 terrible. And that's what's going on here, right? The Saints defense didn't just magically improve overnight like this. They're just playing a really really shitty offense, well, right? That's what's going without a doubt. They were missing two of their. They were missing their first. They're starting left and right tackle. Which is not Seriously, good. how how Saints is it though that on a night when special teams could not have played any better? I mean, was lights out, and the defense pitches a shutout. How Saints is it that they couldn't just coast to an easy win? They had to throw a 100-yard pick six to make it interesting. <laughs> it was very saint. It was very saintsy. Yeah. That way. Uh, here's a here's the thing though with the charge with the game. And we talked about it last week, Andrew. Is like, you know, if you can't stop Brock Osweiler, you're hopeless. If you can't dominate an offensive line missing both of their tackles, like. There's no hope. So, you know, the Saints, like, they, it's kind of like they took care of business. Like, they were playing a team that was yeah. demonstrably worse than them. The Chargers, at, least, at least they're owning wheelchair quality. Yeah. The thing is, start somewhere. the Chargers may be atrociously bad. Like, we have to factor that possibility <laughs> in. No, by the way, I got some emails from Saints fans that were out 
in LA, they said seeing that game in that soccer stadium is phenomenal. Like it's a really, really awesome experience of how close you are and the cool thing the Chargers have going on. Um, so that was interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, we have to factor in that the Chargers may just be hot garbage. But I mean, Andrew, if you would have said after the draft, like when the Saints, like they didn't get Malcolm Butler. And they didn't draft a defensive end until Hendrickson. And they didn't really get one in free agency except for Okafor. If you would have said two weeks into training camp, like on defense, maybe the thing you feel the best about is defensive end would have been like, we need to get you drug tested. But that's how I feel. Like I feel like defensive end of all the questions on defense is I feel the best about defensive end. Well, I would have said before the offseason started, I would have said defensive tackle and safety were the two positions I felt really good about. And this, you know, obviously before yeah. something happened fairly. But, um, you know, now if you ask me the same question, what two position groups do I feel the best about? Unbelievably, I would say defensive end, which all offseason we preached to get a pass rusher. We didn't feel like they ever, ever really did, you know. And so we kind of felt like, yeah, they didn't really address that other than get Okafor, who is injured a lot and may not be any good. And linebacker, I mean, we, we uh, they have a bunch of guys, but I, I think the feeling is they're all just a bunch of guys. And after two preseason games, I think that what stood out to me the most is the depth of defensive end that and, and linebacker. I, I, I'm left looking at all these guys making plays in the third and fourth quarter and thinking to myself, who are they going to cut? It's going to be a really tough decision with the amount of players they have that look pretty capable, um, narrowing it down to which ones make the 53-man roster. Dave, Manti Teo was so good, I didn't even make dead girlfriend jokes. <laughs> That's how good he was last night. He was so good, I just forgot to make my obligatory Manti Teo dead girlfriend joke. Fake well, you know, fake it was against joke. his it was against his former team, and he had a little something to, to prove and a little to punish. And in the NFL, when players play their former teams, they always seem to uh, play a little bit better than they normally do. So, I think there was a little bit of that going on with Teo. Um, Andrew, the, the, on defense though, like Klein looked good. Uh, Barry, uh, Rob, I thought Rob. I, I thought all the linebackers look good except for Anthony, who didn't play. Is is Anthony? What a bust! What is a he? Is bust. he? Is he? Is he? Is he, is he? Is he going to get? I don't think he's going to be on the roster. The question fucking is: disaster. Is he going to get cut or is he going to get traded for trash? Uh, well, right now he's hurt, so you can't be traded unless you're healthy. You know, so I, I think it's a non-starter unless he plays the third or fourth preseason game and does pretty well. He has he can't be traded. He'll have no value. So first, he's got to get back on the field. But yeah, I mean, the path to the roster, it's too bad because Anthony had that sack, remember, in the first yep. preseason game. And I was thinking, well, maybe that helps him solidify a backup spot. But then he immediately got injured and he was out. It's amazing to me that the le- you know Anthony was played 16 games as a rookie, and last year he kind of got hurt after really kind of being demoted. And it seems like the less he plays, the more he gets injured. It's crazy. Well, he got hurt the first preseason game against the the Patriots and got carted off. 
too. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think right now you look at the linebacking court, and obviously the starters are – they seem inked in. And the big surprise to me is that Anzalone – Anzalone! Is, he, he's getting a lot of reps, and he's clearly in the mix. And so he, he's a guy that looks like he's going to play a lot. And then obviously the two main guys are Klein and, and Teal. So those are kind of your starting three. And then I thought Robertson was fantastic. He was their best linebacker last year. He looked very good in that game. So he's kind of the, the primary backup. And then, you know, Stupar's kind of doing his thing on special teams. And uh, I think it's hard to cut a guy like Adam Big Hill after the way he played in that game with the game-winning interception. And, and he showed some things. So I just don't really see a path to the roster for Anthony anymore. I mean, to me, he's behind all those guys. And if they keep six linebackers I just told you the six they're going to keep and so I mean Anthony is not only going to have to come back he's going to have to outplay some of those guys and show something but time is running out for him right now like if I had to decide right now what his future is I mean I think he's going to spend the year on IR because there's no way if he can't get to practice and play yeah I mean well that's true I mean if he if he can't if he can't if he can't uh if he if he's injured, they can't trade him. But man, right. if he's on IR this year, he's done. I mean, that's two that's two years of not playing basically. That he's done. He's done. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, I mean, you could say what you want about Kikaha, all his ACLs, but I don't think Kikaha ever went two consecutive years without playing. You know. Um, yeah, the only thing that makes me nervous is you know now Teo has an injury history, Anzalone has an injury history. So you've got at least a couple guys in this mix. And, you know, Klein and Robertson are veterans. So you've got a couple guys in this mix that could easily go down. And I still think down the road, sometime this season, there could be a time where Anthony's name, name and number would be called upon. And I still think he could theoretically go in and play pretty well. I mean, we saw him do it as a rookie. The one start he had last year was pretty decent. So I don't think it's like he's incapable. I don't, you know, I, I still think he could come in and play a decent game for the Saints. So I'm kind of half hoping they do hang on to him because you never know down the road what kind of injuries happen. But if you're talking about the Saints' plans right now, to me, he's far down the list. Dave Lattimore played. I didn't really notice him because they didn't throw at him. Um, but this rookie, like this rookie class, Dave, it's looking pretty fucking good. You know. Uh, yeah, let's not jinx it. Let's no, not jinx it. Jinx it, but I mean, it's looking like, like um, it's it looking better than it okay at times. It's looking better than uh, what 2015 was that when they drafted Stefan Anthony? Yeah, it's looking better than. 2015. I mean, Camara looks <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Camara. I can't believe that he. Uh, I can't believe that nobody picked him up earlier. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Ram. The thing is, Ram. The Ramchak struggle, but I mean, if they can win games with Charles fucking Brown at left tackle, they can win games with Ramchak. I mean, are we are we that pet? Like, I'm not petrified at all, Dave, about Ramchak starting at left tackle. Is that? Am I being just too blasé about it? I feel like he's going to be okay because I feel like t- Charles Brown was a turnstile, and they won with him, so they can win with Ramchak. Well, I mean, he had some good stuff and some bad stuff uh, during the game. And then, uh, I mean, from everything I hear, he's uh, smart. And uh, I have to believe that as as the season goes on, he's going to only get better and, and pick up uh, more stuff. So, 
yeah. He, yeah, he certainly doesn't scare me the way. Uh, the thing know, is, the big the big question mark for me, me is pass protection with him right now. And once the season starts, I mean, you don't see this in preseason at all because guys play pretty straight up. But once the season starts, if Ramchick's a concern in pass protection, you know, they'll bring a tight end over there. Mark Ingram yeah. will play as the running back. He'll chip. He'll help double teams. So Sean Payton will scheme it. He'll find yeah, a way to the, protect him if they feel like he's kind of the weak link. The one thing that I think... Yeah, I mean, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to yeah. be growing pains. Um, but I think that the ceiling is high for him. Yeah, I think the thing that Rams yeah. is probably really going to struggle early, and hopefully the Saints won't be behind very much, so it won't come into play. But like, if they're behind by two scores, or if it's the end of the game and they got to throw it, and Ramchek's it's pass protection all the way, a hundred percent. I think he may struggle because I read, and you know, his technique isn't best, and he's trying to work on it. So if if it's just the Saints are lining up in three and four wide receivers and have to chuck it. Ramchek could struggle, but hopefully they won't be in. They'll be in a lot yeah. of close games, so they can he can scheme it, like Andrew said. Um, but you know, it's interesting. The Saints, you know, he, he he's kind of further along in in run blocking right now, and it's interesting that you know, the way Camaro is playing this preseason, and you know, obviously they're going to have a, trouble figuring out how they share reps with Ingram and Peterson and get these guys enough touches. Um, this may force Sean Payton's hand to be even more run heavy than he wants to be, um, you know, because it kind of plays into Ramchick's current skills and, and style. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if Saints really do go heavy on the run until Ramchick gets acclimated. Well, hopefully Ramchick proves the age old adage teams never regret picking a good player. You know, like if Ram checks good, no one's going to say, well, they shouldn't have picked the fucking tackle at 32, you know? So hopefully, <laughs> and so you just, if you pick, a, if you pick a guy that can play in a couple of years, no one ever complains. And that hopefully that'll be, um, Dave, the thing that I was kind of most excited about in the game was the special teams. Like Andrew said earlier, were phenomenal. Uh, Moore said was great. L- uh, Lutz, Kick two field goal. One was from fifty plus. Um, Chris uh, Banjo yeah. might have been the player. Of the Chris game. Banjo had five tackles. Is it fair to say that potentially this is the best special teams the Saints have had in a really long time? Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and I think it's one hundred percent accurate. How much does it? How much does it factor in? I'm not going to give you – you don't have to make predictions or anything. But if I told you – I think it's good for like an extra win this season. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I think – I mean if I if I was predicting 7-9, and nine, you know, two weeks ago, then I think uh, I think if you're telling me that this is going to be a great season for special teams, then I'd say, okay, we'll, we'll make it 8-8. Eight and eight. Andrew, how much do special teams – like if, if the special teams are considerably better in top half – like in the top 16 of coverage and returns and all that, which they haven't been, how does that factor in for you? Does it, does it make a, well, I mean, special teams is directly responsible for what three games last year. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's at least three because you got to think about how many times does a game come down to an important kick or a field goal in the last two minutes of a game? I mean, I I think you could argue that happens in 40% of NFL games, period. Um, You know, and if you, Think about a field goal that's made in the final two minutes. How critical is the kickoff return directly following that field goal? 
Um, you know, so or, or, you know, if you stop a team three and out and you've got, you know, a drive in the final two minutes, field position on the punt return is critical. So there 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 are special teams play in the final two minutes that, in my opinion, dictate the outcome of games in a lot of ways. So it's at least 40 percent. Uh, and I think minimum three games is what it swings if you have a special teams that's playing consistently. Now, I'm not ready to say the Saints special teams is completely fixed. Uh, return was still a little spotty. Yeah, but doesn't return. We haven't really seen a chance to see Ginn or or Kamara do their thing on returns yet, but I'm assuming that's going to be improved too. Yeah. Um, So I really think Saints special teams top to bottom is going to be a lot better this year. Only thing that makes me nervous again is long snapper, but Drescher's back. He seemed to do fine. And uh, their special teams coach, their head special teams coach Banta was a long snapper for like a decade in the NFL. I totally totally forgot about Drescher being back. I totally yeah, forgot about that. So. Uh, I think it bef- with all the injuries and camp started, and I was thinking, you know, not that the Saints were going to collapse, but I was thinking they were they were going to be another seven and nine, and there really wasn't that much hope for them to flip it and be nine and seven. But now the things that I'm seeing in training camp with special teams, even if the defense isn't much better and the offense is kind of the same, if their special teams are a lot better, they at least I think have a decent shot to flip it around to 9-7. and seven. If you win the right nine games, uh, yeah. you can get to the playoffs. And that's not even saying if the defense is a lot better, which, it, it, you know, we're getting some positive signs and that sort of thing. Uh, Dave, Here's the thing, Ralph. I, I think the reason we thought that this team was going to be garbage and lose a bunch is that there were so many question marks. There are, and they're And, coming. you know, we, we would talk about this off-air. We, you know, we'd have yeah. phone calls during the week and just be like, there's so many maybes that have to be hits for this team to be any good. And so, so first of all, the coaching changes they've made, they all seem positive so far. So that's yeah. good. But then you look at some of the other guys, like Klein was a maybe, Manti Teo was a maybe, Alex Okafor was a maybe, Trey Hendricks was a maybe, uh, Hendrickson, uh, you know, Al-Qadim Mohammed was a huge maybe. Kamara, you know, a lot of these draft picks seem to be like hits so far. So, Look, they've played two terrible teams. It's just preseason, so I'm certainly not drawing any conclusions here. But so far, a lot of these maybes have at least shown me enough to believe that it's, in theory, possible that some or all of these could be hits. And so we're gradually starting to see the path to 9-7, and maybe 10-6, and if all this stuff works out. And I believe that signs are that it could happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, defensive ends come up good. Linebackers come up good. Uh, like, we didn't really think Okafor being being decent and healthy and Kikaha coming back and and We thought flashing. you might get one of those. Yeah, and right now we're kind of seeing a little bit of both. So, to me, that's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dave uh, Kumara, uh, is he just – he's going to be Sproles 2011, right? Dave, we lost Dave. Are you there, Andrew? Yeah, I'm here. I I think he could. I think he's going to be different. I, I don't think he's necessarily kind of the the matchup nightmare that Sproles is. Uh, just because Sproles is so quick and he's just he's a different type of dynamic. But I think Kamara is a better runner in between yeah. the tackles. 
And he does have that home run ability for sure. I, I think Sean Payton's going to have fun with him. I think, you know, he, he is one of those dynamic players where Payton's going to yeah. find the mismatches. And, um, yeah, I don't know that Sproles is, is the exact comparison. I, I think he's somewhere between Reggie Bush and, and Pierre Thomas. He's kind of a blend of the two, honestly. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think Sean Payton is going to have his work cut out for him because he, he's got three running backs who can impact the game, who are going to want to play a lot. I mean, Ingram's going to want to run for 1,000 yards. Peterson isn't going to want to take a back seat. And Kamara, uh, quite frankly, I don't think the Saints can afford not to get him involved. So you've got three running backs that want the ball. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, he formations this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted Dave's opinion on Kamara because I, I'm, uh, I'm irrationally excited, and uh, I am willing. I think Kamara, <sighs> Sproles. You're right. Sproles is such a man, but I just feel like you know we haven't even seen the good stuff of Sean Payton with Kamara yet. Like they're just running Kamara off tackle and some swing passes and. Uh, and he's awesome. Like, just wait until, like, the Saints go with the three wide, you know, they're, they're, the Saints are going one tight end, three receivers, and they split out Kamara on some crappy linebacker against the Vikings, you know. Um, you know, then it gets really, then it can be really fun. Um, I just hope this offense doesn't waste its time forcing touches to Kobe Fleener. Because oh my God, he he offers no value to this offense, and quite frankly, right now there's just too many weapons to where why would you want to waste your time? I mean, to me, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Fleener becomes such an afterthought and decoy in this offense that he only ends up catching like 20 balls this year. You know, they. I don't think they would because uh, I don't think they'd do it because it would be like right. Uh, um, uh, a year into it, they, the contract would probably they wouldn't they wouldn't cut. Uh, hey, Dave, are you back? Yeah. Oh, there he is, Dave. Uh, Kobe Fleener has been injured and not. He's looked his normal crappy self. What are the odds the Saints would like cut or trade him before the season starts? I feel like it's not. It's not a. It's not likely, but it's greater than zero percent chance. Can I just remind you um, how much they paid for him? They paid him a lot. I like to talk about. I like to. I like to bring that up too every time. Yeah, we talk they about cut. Cleaning. They gave. They, they they cut Spiller. They paid Spiller a lot of money. They paid Gallette a lot of money. They didn't stop him from cutting. Him. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's a reason that they're that they wouldn't cut him. Uh, I, I just. I just. I just want everybody to feel feel the pain. Um, <laughs> oh, we're feeling but, it. We're uh, used to it. Yeah, well, we're I mean, a little bit numb to that. <laughs> um, I mean, he hasn't really been putting too much uh, good stuff on on tape uh, Here, lately, so it's it, it's hard to see uh, that if he, whether he's got a trade value, but. Um, Obviously, I think they would definitely try to trade him and get some value out of him over cutting him. Here's a question that uh, Andrew... Who in their right mind would trade anything for Kobe Fleener's 
awful contract. I mean, I yeah, but I mean, once the once the guarantees are like the Saints have to pay all the guarantees. So like, well, I, I, I was looking at his contract and like the eject button is next season. So I think they're kind of stuck with him for this year, and that's why I said I think he's going to become an afterthought in the offense. Here's They'll a, roll him out there as a decoy from time to time. You know, he'll get between 20 and 30 catches. I mean, he's still going to be involved. And eight of them will be wide open and no one will be I near him. I just don't think the Saints are going to waste their time with him. Here's a question. Yeah, uh, I know are. I know why Josh Hill hasn't been, you know, Josh Hill is coming back from the broken leg and he was ill and he hasn't really played. Michael Humanum, now we... Or how do you pronounce his like? Like, where is he? Is he is he still on the team? Like, I've heard nothing yeah, about he, him. He's yeah. I mean, he he's been quiet in preseason, but you know, he's one of those guys that Sean Payton likes, and he, he'll have value when Sean Payton can do his three tight end formation. I feel like he hasn't. Like, I haven't even heard his name called or seen. Keep him. in mind, Sean Payton's Sean Payton's saving those fancy jumbo sets. So he's just not going to show that in preseason. No. I was watching NFL Network, and and Heath Evans was making a good point about how the the, the Chargers were getting dominated, and the, and the 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 host for NFL Network was like, well, you know, maybe the Saints they hadn't won, they lost like ten preseason games in a row. Maybe Sean Payton's game planning a little, they're blitzing a little more. And Heath Evans was like, let me tell you something, Sean Payton doesn't fucking game plan in the preseason. We would beg him to do it in the third preseason game. When I was there, he never did it. Um. So, I mean, it, it just goes to show you that um, they have shown nothing. Like, they nothing. They did run a reverse last night, which was odd. Um, but they have, they have shown nothing. And I feel like I feel like there is a whole package, Dave, like, of all the things where, like, the regular season is different. We know that. And, like, you see things. Like, I feel like there's just, like, a Kumara Death Star package that Peyton is going yeah. to drop on the fucking Vikings. Dave, am I? Am I'm I... telling you guys right now. First play on Monday night against the Vikings, Sean Payton is going to roll out a formation with Kamara, Ingram, and Peterson <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. That, that it would probably break the twitters. Um... <laughs> and then he's and then and then so he'll have that formation and he'll throw a bomb to Mike Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he'll throw a bomb. He'll throw a bomb to Ginnon and Ginnon will drop it. Yeah, <laughs> and then Gruden will be that guy struggles with his hands. Um, Dave, the one negative for the Saints, and I don't know that it's. I mean, I joked in my call. You know, the Saints backup quarterback, all of them seem to be a disaster, and I joked that like backup quarterback for the Saints is like worrying about the catering at your funeral. I mean, it matters, but not really because you're dead. So I mean, like, <laughs> like, a, like him. <laughs> Like, if Drew Brees isn't playing, they're fucked. But, like, if Drew Brees can't play for, like, a week or two, the season isn't fucked completely if you could have competent quarterback. And I look at these three boobs they got now, and, Dave, I, 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 I'll drink myself silly if Chase Daniels has to take snaps to count. Like, he sucks. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a uh... – <laughs> Quite a steep drop off uh, uh, there from number one to number two, three, and four. You know, I, I mean, are you guys are you guys watching the game right now? No, because the number twos no. are in, and it's freaking Geno Smith and Cody Kessler. I mean, I'm just saying, welcome <laughs> to being a backup in the NFL. Like that's the reality of that. That's every team, bro. 
Well, yeah, yeah. but, but I, I will say this. Like, after McCown played good in 2015, like, you felt okay about it. You're like, McCown played pretty damn good against Carolina. It's okay. And then McCown got his back hurt, and I've seen him. People are like, bring him back. I'm like, no, 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 no. McCown is like 2009 Brunel now, where, like, all the physical skills are just gone, and he just can't do it. But, I mean, Dave, like – you got you got to remember Chase Daniel. He's not really playing. I mean, he played with the starters a little bit, but he didn't have Ingram and Peterson back there. I mean, Maybe. you know, I I think quarterbacks quarterbacks like that especially benefit. I don't think McCown ever looked in good as preseason as he did in that regular season game, and yeah, I think true. the difference again it goes back to game planning. Like if Sean Payton knows that his quarterback is kind of meh, he's going to call a game plan that highlights other aspects of the offense that he feels like he can be successful with. Dave, are you happy with uh, Fatty Daniels back at backup quarterback? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I mean, I think I prefer McCown over Chase Daniel. Um, well, that's you know, not a- an after last do you week, prefer Mc- Do you prefer Daniel or Nassib? That's the question. I understand. I understand. And after last week, I was, I was optimistic about, uh, Nassif. I mean, he, he played a pretty good game and I was like, oh man, is this, you know, maybe this random dude is going to be the, uh, you know, the heir apparent to Drew Brees, but then he kind of shit the bed this, uh, yesterday. So, uh, I'm back to square one. I, <laughs> I think I'd go with Daniel just, just because he's, he's got the experience. Yeah. Another downside of Drew Brees getting injured for just a little while besides the Saints season going to shit is then the, why haven't you signed? Why aren't you signing Kaepernick? Like that whole storyline just drops on the Saints like a ton of bricks, and I just like I'm exhausted with it. Like I, you know, like the whole I'm just I don't want to deal with it. And and well, you know, if if Breeze is out for the year, you know where the first phone call is going, right? To if Bree if Breeze blows out his knee in week one, and we have to go through a whole season needing a quarterback, the first call is Tony Romo. Bet your freaking you life savings on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Sean don't, Payton loves Romo. He does, but I don't know that Romo. I don't know that Romo's coming. He's got that super cushy job in the booth. Are you kidding me? Cutler came out with the first freaking phone call. Man, these guys want to play. Yeah, if they have true. an obvious job where they have an opportunity God. to be the starter, and there's a chance they T- could win. Tony Romo. Romo be, would jump at the opportunity. He'd be fun for a half until he got injured. Yeah. Oh Lord, that's that's a, that's a nightmare. what number would he be? That's a good question. Nineteen. Oh God, this guy, this this podcast turned dark in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew bringing up. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? No, you're completely right. I was. I was. Now the Saints' yeah. backup quarterback is Tony Romo. You don't know it yet. He's got a job in the booth, <laughs> but he's the backup quarterback. No, I, I hope we never have to find out. I know. <laughs> this is, but you know what? And now that we've done that, and we, um, and we'll, uh, somebody asked a great Twitter question, which is great. So, so we'll before we get to the Twitter questions, uh, the Saints play Houston. That's tr- tr- the traditional third preseason game now. Um, Dave, what are you looking for in the third preseason game? Like, what do you like? What are a couple of things that you want to see to make you feel even better about the 2017 season? Well, I mean, this is traditionally this is like the dress rehearsal for the regular season, where the starters play. Um, you know, some of the starters or most of the starters play into the third. So, is quarter. Breeze, Breeze, Peterson, Ingram? Are they going to play? In this I think they got to play. 
I mean, I don't even know. though that, that Texans defense is really good, and I don't know that you want to expose Breeze with Ramchek, but you got to do it sometime, right? I mean, you got to you got to put they got to play some game reps, right? You can't sit him the whole preseason. Why? Well, they're they're veterans. I mean, Peterson and Breeze, uh, I, you know, they're on autopilot. I mean, they're they're out there practicing. They're they're playing. It's not like they're coming in off the street yeah, after true. not playing for a year. Uh, you know, Ingram, maybe you could, you know, use a little bit, but um, <clears throat> what am I looking for? Um, you know, I, 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 the defense played awesome yesterday. They played pretty good week one. Um, I, I would say if they can put together a third straight, uh, you know, another good game, you know, four or five sacks. Um, if, if, if we can, if we can see just more of what we've seen from the defense and, and prove that it's not just a fluke, um, not necessarily just the really bad team. I mean, Houston's not great or anything. Yeah. I was going to say, they're not going to be facing any good quarterbacks this week either. Well, I'll tell you, well, I'll say this, I'll say this for the Texans and I live in Houston. So I watch them and know about them. I will say this compared to Clemens and Osweiler, Savage is fucking Tom Brady. Like it's a big, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big jump up, man. I would like those two guys are probably like out of the top 32 rankings, right? If you rank the top 32 quarterbacks, Osweiler and Clemens. Yeah, what's Savage, 29? Savage. At best. I would say Savage is like 20, maybe 24. Nah, you're probably right. But still, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. He can complete throw. He like, like. Let me pull up Savage's stats. Let me, because he's played and he's played in action. Well, anyway, anyway, so, that's what I'm. That's that. That's pretty much what I'm looking for. You know, like like to see. You know, continued. I mean, basically, they've they've shown a lot of improvement in areas where they've need to need, needed to improve, and I just want to continue to see that. Same with the offensive line. So, and obviously, no injuries. Tom Savage, 2016, he completed 63% of his passes, threw for 461 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and had an 81 rating. That's that's possibly average. You know? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Put it this way. If DeAndre Hopkins gets open, Tom Savage will find him. Which- I mean, I'm watching... Cody Kessler and Geno <laughs> Smith right now try to out awful each other in the fourth you quarter. Are, here. You are a glutton for. I mean, that is. Well, my wife is watching the Housewives show, and I'm actually my wife. My wife Kessler Kessler just tried to hand off to a running back, and instead <laughs> of hitting him in the in the bread basket, he he shoveled the ball to his face mask. <laughs> like the ball slipped out of his hand on a handoff and hit the running back in the face mask. That's what that's what second string quarterbacks in the NFL do, guys. It is true. Cody Kessler. <laughs> uh, so, so Andrew, what are you looking for in this game? Uh, Speci- I mean, specifics this, or broad? At this broad- point, I've seen enough that like I'm excited. Uh, you know, things are better now. Uh, um, I, I I'm watching this Giants Browns game. No joke. Three turnovers in a row. <laughs> on three consecutive plays turnover 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 um as far as the Saints are concerned you know I've really seen enough I think 
the main thing I'm looking at is just who's playing in the first quarter. Because, like you said, this is the dress rehearsal. So I just want to get a feel for who's making the 53-man roster and, like, what the lineup looks like. And I think this is, in this third game, this is is as close as you're going to get to finding out what what the team is. So you'll get a chance to see who really are the starters um, and who's going to be involved. Because I I think what you see early in this game is what you'll see on Monday night against the Vikings. Um, But I, I think the team's taking shape. I think things are positive. Like Dave said, I think the number one thing is just don't lose a key player to injury. Yeah, I mean, don't lose a key player. And I want to see, like, I think... They got the win. Like, if they go one and three in preseason... And now I'm good because at least they got the one win. Yeah, and I I want right. to I want to see you want Lattimore to play and not get hurt. And I think I yeah. mean Savage is te- Savage is bad, but like I said, he'll he's gonna I think he'll throw it, and I think he he's much more competent than the last two quarterbacks they face. So it'll be interesting. I think we might. No, the corners is a good call, Ralph. Yeah, like if if we I would love to see both Lattimore and PJ Williams kind of show some confidence and kind of solidify, yeah, these are our two starters and they might be okay. Yeah, I mean, because I saw, like, Clemens was just awful. Like, he like he was just bailing and running and not looking downfield because the Saints were pounding on him. Um, I mean, uh, so that's what I'm looking for. And also, too, um, you know, I, I think um, Hendrickson and Muhammad – they're having a face-off to see who makes the roster and who gets the medical red shirt. I think. So I think that's another interesting thing that I. You don't. Right. You don't. So that that was a topic we talked about earlier in the off season, and when we kind of did the positional breakdown, I remember us saying, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Kikaha. We don't know how if Okafor is another Kruger or if he's going to be okay. And then there's a couple rookies. And you asked me, like, what's a sign that, like, defensive end is much better than we expected? Yeah. And my answer to you was if Daryl Tapp gets cut, that's a really good sign because we know what Tapp can do. We know the Saints like him. But if if he gets cut, that means there's a lot of guys ahead of him that we weren't sure about that ended up being good. And we're seeing that. So I think there's a chance that Muhammad and Hendrickson make this team. And if they do, then Tap's probably the odd man out, and that's exactly what we talked about earlier in this offseason where that's a really good sign for well, the depth and the quality of the guys ahead of him. Mohammed, yeah, they, they can't cut him. There's no, no no way because he'll get claimed in five seconds. off. Just I don't off. think they can cut Hendrickson. I don't no. think they can shelf him either. No. He's playing. No, because teams are de- teams are des- like It's like corners. Corners and defensive ends, man. Teams are desperate for them. Um, so now we got, we got some questions. Uh, so Dave, I'll start with you. Let's see what we got. Um, who, let's see, uh, who winds up with the last linebacker spot, uh, starting Robinson's or, uh, anal zone. Also, I asked people to, what would they give for eight sacks in a game that counted? Uh, he said, I'll, I'd give a hundred gallons of bride's cake blue bell for eight sacks against the Patriots. I heard about this bride's cake bluebell. I, I I I've heard about it too. I never see it in, in, in Texas. Is bluebell country? I don't. I've never seen it. it was, it's like a. It's like bluebell tastes just like the good old days. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the Loch Ness monster. People talk about it, but it's not real. Uh, Dave, do you think Robertson or uh, Enzalone? Get the last. 
get the anal last zone. St- get the anal, anal zone. Right get the last into the gets the last starting spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think Robertson is certainly ahead of uh, Anzalone anal zone currently. He wasn't last night. I think they want to play. Well, that was just one game. Andrew, my theory on on Anzalone is I think the Saints love his speed and athleticism. And they're like, dude, just go out there and we'll put up with the bad because we think you're just going to run into some good place. And we're willing to take, we're willing to do the learning on the job thing because we think your upside is so good. That's my that's my theory with him. It's well said. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Robertson's the odd man out. Really? Yeah, because I, mean, he's... I, I, I would think Robertson would be ahead of Manti Teo at least. Yeah, but... because Robertson is so good and he and he and he knows what to do and he can play multiple yeah. spots and he doesn't. And make he played moves. he played really well. I know he only played in the second half really but when when he was in to me robertson was every bit as good as klein and teo who were both very good as well and robertson doesn't um, make mental errors it just seems like you know yeah he's, it's in, it's interesting yeah I, I, mean, think that- I, I think i'm with you though i i think the saints just i i think when they first signed robertson the plan for him was to kind of be a luxury backup that plays special teams really well and uh, you know, Anzalone, I'm with you. I think he's a guy they're like, yeah, he might not be Robertson quality right away, but we just love his his range. We love his size. We love his speed. And we just think that um, we love his hair. run into some plays. His hair is so I, I'm with you. I think you said, I think that was well stated. I think his hair is magnificent. Uh, Chris Drew says, I, w- yep. I would give up my Pelican season tickets for two games uh, for eight sacks in a game. Whoa. For counted, uh, Dave. This is from Houdat Fitz. Should the Saints just keep one quarterback on the roster? Either way, it's a dumpster fire without Breeze. That could, uh, yeah, because Willie Sneed. Remember, right. remember that pass he threw. Uh, I mean, Willie Sneed could come in in a pinch just to finish a game if need be, and then they can just sign, you know, somebody else. I'd say, hell oh, yeah. Let's, let's, Go ahead and let's... say it. Say it, Dave. <laughs> Tony Romo. Romo. Tony Romo. Let's uh, let's give those extra roster spots to the defense. Let's, let's really go nuts at the defense. <laughs> yeah. if here, this... Here's here's right here, here, here you go. Here's a hot take. Uh, this season, the Saints defense will be ranked higher than the Saints offense. Oh my god! That, that means they they've had a <laughs> that means Drew Brees had a catastrophe. <laughs> You know, catastrophic look at, look at, you see, Ralph, it didn't take much. I mean, listen to how positive this podcast it is. Has been. It didn't take much all at we all. Was a preseason all win we, against the lowly Chargers and eight sacks and a Kumar fifty-yard yeah. touchdown. And we're talking, we're talking uh, ten wins. Uh, if the Saints go twelve and four, Andrew, how insufferable will the Greenbrier truthers be? <laughs> uh, it, it will be insufferable, but. It's one of those things where the sting will immediately be taken out by the joy of the season. Uh, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, it'll be one of those things where you'll just be like, you know what, if you want to believe that, yeah, sounds good. Like, I'm, I might even buy into the hype just because well, I'll be so euphoric. Here's the thing with this eclipse, the solar eclipse that was today. I learned they have the flat earth people and the flat earth people believe the eclipse is a hoax. And they're on Twitter and they are phenomenal. It is just, it's just the best. Like, it's like, it's, 
I can't even describe. I it. haven't seen this at all. Can you give me a taste? I mean, it's something. Who do, it, who do we have to follow? I mean, basically, the eclipse is like a NASA faking. Like it's a like it's a satellite, and they block out the sun with the satellite. Like it's phenomenal conspiracy to what, tinfoil to what end? To to, to, to 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 what end? Like like why why are they faking this? What, because who's, be, who's getting any any type of reward from this? Because they want you to believe that the Earth is round to keep up the fiction. <laughs> that's it's phenomenal. Oh, that's uh, if the say this is from Craig, if the Saints could average six plus sacks, I'd give up at least a toe. Ooh, that's interesting. Possibly a pinky finger because the team would be an immediate contender. I mean. Wait, how many sacks? Six again. I mean, if they have six sacks a game, dude, that's like that's, that's like over ni- seventy. That's like nine. That's like a hundred sacks. The, yeah, two, no, the two thousand yeah. Saints had sixty six, which is the record. Which is, you oh, average I'll, four I and a half. I give away one testicle. One actually, you can take both testicles. <laughs> uh, one one kidney and uh, a limb of your choice. I give up drinking in the off season. Just average six plus. Whoa, sacks. whoa, that's too far. <laughs> um, the, uh, outside, Dave. Outside of a holding call, how do you feel? Well, we talked about Ramcheck. How do you feel he hold? He, but this is specific. How do you feel Ramcheck held up against Bosa? He didn't go uh, up against Bosa. He, he went up uh, against Melvin Gordon. Melvin Ingram. So yeah, Melvin Ingram. Uh, let's see. Uh, he had. He had some. He had some good, you know, good, good, good plays and bad plays. He was he was hit or miss. Yeah, I, I did like that when he he was completely roasted. He saved his quarterback from the kill shot. At least he said, "Up, oh, I got roasted. I'm grabbing jersey." <laughs> you know, I, no, at that's... least he had the sense that like I'm not getting my quarterback blown up. If I if I get caught with my pants down, I'm getting a flag. It's fine. And that and Drew Brees yep. Drew Brees would applaud that for sure. Yeah, Brees will appreciate that. Brees yeah. Good job, rookie. I think uh, we should all appreciate that. Dave, uh or Andrew, this is for you. This is from Brian. What is a bigger factor? The linebackers having better talent or Mike Nolan Mike Nolan being a linebacker whisperer? Uh I de- I definitely think it's talent. I mean I, I think Klein is what they were hoping they were gonna get out of Laurenitis last year. You know, Laurinaitis had talent. He just he was done physically. So Klein to me is kind of what they were trying to get last year from him. Um, and then Mante Teo is healthy right now, so we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, um, you know, I, I'm not ready to call this linebacking core good yet. You know, they they still they haven't played a good offense and they haven't done it in a regular season game. So there's a ways to go. But to me, so far the biggest difference is that they have a guy they can rely on is just rock solid. And to me, that's AJ Klein. I, I really do think he's the one guy that'll be rock solid this year. And to me, you get one, you get just one linebacker that's rock solid, always steady. And it makes a huge difference. So, um, you know, you, and then, and then you add on top of that Manti Teo, a veteran who's playing pretty well. You still have Robertson who is arguably their best one. And then Anzalone, who's a young athletic guy in the mix. So, um, I, there, there's some increased talent there, but Klein is the one I think that really stands out. 
This is a great question from Eric, and it's an actual football question, Dave. If a team offers the Saints a backup center who can snap the ball for Anthony, the Saints have to say yes, right? I would I would think that they would take a pack of juicy fruit for Anthony at this point. <laughs> I mean, a, back, a backup center who could combo as a long snapper andrew for anthony you yeah can't, i was gonna say i'd settle for a long snapper you can't say no anthony. to that like a like a yeah. like a competent long but see the teams don't have too long teams don't have too long snappers though no um uh <laughs> i would for eight sacks i would risk unprotected intercourse with a rundown 1980s leftover ring rat of rick flair's Mm, man, that's that's pretty strong. Uh, I'd give away a winning million-dollar lotto ticket if I could just get half the guaranteed each week of the regular season. So four sacks a week? Four, four, sacks, a, four sacks a week. I mean, that's 64 sacks. That's a lot. Of, I mean. Sign me up, yeah. I've got, I mean, if the Saints can get to four. 40, which they've never done under Sean Payton. If they could get to 40 as a team, I think they can be a top 25 defense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that about wraps it up for this podcast. So every every week, every week we do the uh, the optimism scale. So, Andrew, I'll start with you. Zero being complete doom, sadness, and destruction, and a top three pick. 10 being the Super Bowl. Where are you on the optimism scale? Uh, I'm right at a five, squarely at a five. I think I was down to like three last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, just just getting a win was enough to bump me up one. Um, and then I'd say the second bump up is just that the rookie class is playing so well. I mean, I think anytime, I mean, if you go up and down the list, Ramchek kind of, so-so results so far, but he's starting at left tackle. He's playing. Uh, Lattimore, decent first game. Kamara looks amazing. Anzalone looks good. Hendrickson's in there. He's playing. How's Muhammad Marcus, looks good. How's I mean, Williams look? Marcus Williams is looking pretty good. I mean, he, he was better, I'd say, in his first preseason game. But, um, I mean, I think you look up and down this class right now, and they've all had good moments. So, um I think anytime you feel like your entire rookie class is going out there and balling out in preseason, it bodes well not only for media term but in, for the future. So yeah, I'm I'm up to a five and shoot, man, if they uh, if they play lights out next Saturday, um, I might go up from there. Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to a six. Ooh, a six. I'm gonna go all the way up to a six. I'm just on the other side of. That's nine and seven territory, Dave. Yeah. I think I'm I'm feeling now after this week I'm feeling nine and seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go six and a half. I'm feeling really good about it. I was Whoa. Uh, look, listen, I was super negative. Whoa. People were Just banging on me. Right. And they were they were they were uh, they said I was negative and doom and gloom. But the thing that I always said throughout all the injuries, mm-hmm. I said, look, as long as all the rookies and all the people that are injured can get back for the second preseason game Ramchak and Lattimore and and all of them I'll feel good about it and they're all back except for bro because he's got the broken leg and that's bad but overall I'm fe- <laughs> I'm feeling pre- like I'm feeling pretty good they're they're all they all need to practice they're all practicing I 
it's a six and a half. Uh, it could be shot down to a back down if they get an injury or they look terrible. But I feel really good because I feel like the special teams are going to be better. Uh, and I think the national media is sleeping on the Saints because they don't think they're any better. I think I'm six and a half. I'm feeling I'm feeling really good, which is way up from where I was at the beginning of the summer. So that's where I am. So uh, that now the swing game for me is the Vikings, though. Oh. Uh, they have to win Week One. To me, that's that's boomer bust. Yeah, like they have to win because they play because they play New England at home, then they go to Carolina. So if you don't beat yeah. if you don't beat Minnesota, you're staring one and three in the face. If you beat Minnesota, then maybe even if you don't win versus the New England or Carolina, you go to London, you play Jay Cutler, you can figure it out, you can get the two and two at your bye. You're feeling pretty good about it. But I mean, Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota, they gotta win. But we'll we'll get to that. It's still a couple weeks off, so that wraps it up. Uh, the, the, these two these two knuckleheads are retired. So you just find Andrew on the Twitters and you find Dave uh, at the Tulane uh, Campus Connection in New Orleans. Buy a shirt, buy a book, buy a uh, buy a mug, a monogram. Uh, so for for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's MIA, but we'll be back eventually. We love you, Kevin. Come home. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.